Welcome to the Kayak Bass Nation. What's up, everybody? Welcome to KBM Live. Happy Monday night. It's post TOC weekend, and it's Ryan's first night as no longer the grand champion. How you feeling, man? Right? Shut up. <laughs> Why, how are we gonna start it off that way? Come on. I'm just kidding, man. I'm it still kidding. stings. It stings a little bit. Yeah, you made a post about it, so I had to throw it in there a little bit. I know, I know, I know. I'm glad. I'm glad to hand it off to to one of my friends. You know that was, and no matter which one of these two won it, you. I mean, you can't be. You can't be disappointed in that. Like that, uh, it was it was such a nail biter of an ending. The entire event was just ups and downs all over the place. So, definitely a great one. Yeah, man, we're gonna get into that. I mean, it's first year of the three day event that played a huge role, I think, in in the ups and downs of this tournament. We'll talk about that. Uh, and then once again, man, the AOI getting turned on its head. Uh, everybody thought, who's gonna win? BDH, Ewing. Uh, who's gonna slide in there and win at the end? And once again, the whole thing got flipped right on its head. That old mullet son just came through in the breeze and took it. We thought he had it swept, man. I ain't gonna lie. I don't. Yeah. I, this this is this is why sandbagging should be illegal. <laughs> like everybody, everybody had done all the math and they thought it had had it figured out, and and then Christine just quietly walks up to the stage, uh, and then, <laughs> then we saw we saw how the rest went. <laughs> yeah, which is funny because I mean she was sitting there in in you know in a good spot going into day three, but. She hadn't been posting all day, so everybody kind of forgot about what was going on and was just looking at who was posting, going back and forth, and then just slid in there. Slick, I completely like forgot. I talked yeah. to her. She she texted me at the end of the day when I was towing you and back, and she was like, did Marshall jump Ron? And I, I called her and talked to her on the phone. She never, never mentioned once. Mm, like, okay. I'm holding a bag. Like, nothing, no just hint, no nothing. Killing. Dude, All it was right. it was it was on its head right. for sure. Yeah, yeah. Everybody probably knows Jordan's one of our KBN moderators on the KBN group page. So of course we're we were pulling for him. And after he was done fishing, he sent us a a video of that last fish, and we knew like privately that he had called up, and we were freaking out. Uh, and then to see that high drama at the end, that that was unbelievable. So it was cool to see her win, him get AOI. That kind of we got the the best of both worlds there. So great finish. We're gonna get him on here and talk about it in a minute. Um, before we do that. I talked to Steve a little bit earlier. Let me see if I can find the, the picture I want to throw up. Ooh, Giving away a shirt tonight from, from one right. of our, our title sponsor, man, Dugout Bait and Tackle. Let me throw that picture up there. <clears throat> they came out with some new long sleeve swags. We're going to give away one of these long sleeve shirts. All you got to do, like the page, like Dugout's page, and share the live stream on Facebook, and uh, you're good to go. And if you want to go buy one, you see on the screen there the rest of the week, it's KBN21, 20% <clears throat> off apparel. Goes the rest of the week. So go get you some nice dugout swag from our title sponsor, dugoutfishing.com. Chase Tanner made these. They smell like Chase. So that's another added bonus. They smell like Chase. Like a Packers fan. Uh, <laughs> cheese. <laughs> smell yeah. like cheese. Cheese. Of course, we uh, always thank Revo. Best lenses on earth. Go hit up Revo. Uh, KBN25, not KBN20, as one of our <clears throat> partners said by accident. Uh, and then Western Sun Vodka, the drink of choice. For KBN folks everywhere, um, but yeah, man. Tell, tell, before we get them in here, how about your event? What did you think of the week? And I know you you kind of had a little struggle bus off the beginning of the, the first day, didn't you? I, I want to add one more thing here while we we're talking about this and the Angler of the Year race. Drew Gregory was not able to come to the TOC. Uh, he just texted me. Baby Sophia is happy and healthy. Oh. Um, yep, Mama's doing great. Uh, so happy birthday, literally, Sophia. Congrats, Drew. 
Uh, sorry you couldn't make it. I'm sure. I'm sure we'll see you at the TOC next year, buddy. Congratulations. There we go. Does he get an exemption invite for having a baby and couldn't fish the TOC, or is he going to make it again? I am pretty sure Hobie does not give exemptions for okay. anything. <laughs> That's a bet right there. Um, yeah, so uh, it was a it was a tough day one for Lambert. I I got up and was responsible and got to the ramp within you know plenty of time. I was there like twenty minutes before launch, which is absurd. Uh, there's like four trucks at the at the gate lined up at this this marina. So. We launched. We we're launching in a marina, and uh, I went in and bought some tackle. Whenever I travel to these different places, I try to go in the local tackle shop and spend some money and just, you know, try to at least make a little impact on on us being there at this host lake. And uh, I'm talking to the old man. He's like, "Yeah, yeah, you know, y'all launching here?" I said, "Yeah, I'll probably start here in the morning." He said, "Well, we'll have the gate unlocked at four. The gate was not unlocked at four. Uh, <laughs> myself, uh, Broach, Russ." And I'm trying to think of the guy from Louisiana. But anyway, uh, we sat there till like 540. And finally, we're like, okay, first cast is at six. Like, we got we to gotta roll. So me and Russ headed across the bridge to Georgetown, <clears throat> where we find Jordan Marshall enjoying a parking lot <laughs> by himself. And we put in and came all the way across the lake. Uh, Broach and the, and the other gentleman went up to the next ramp above and came down and we kind of converged and went up, uh, went up in that. Oh no, the, the Louisiana guy didn't, he waited on the guy to unlock the gate. So he got on the water about six twenty. Um, uh-huh. yeah, it was, uh, it was a clean miss on that one. Anyway, <laughs> I got up in there and, uh, <clears throat> I could feel the handle on my three sixty that was tight and AJ and the Hobie crew tore it apart in the, the floor of their house Thursday night to rebuild it. But it did not, it did not work. Whatever, whatever it was, it didn't work. I could feel it tight. Uh, I got up in this, this little area where I'd, I'd found a good frog bite and, uh, you know, I start fishing and, and I go just not thinking I go to turn and it just locked up completely. And I was like, Oh God, like this is, this is bad. This, you know, this is not what you want to happen. Uh, it was stuck completely sideways. Not a big deal. The wind wasn't blowing at that point yet. So I had like half a paddle. I'm like paddle stroking with the left, casting with the right, doing a, trying to, trying to grind on it a little bit. And then the wind kicked up and it was blowing me into these grass mats. So the only way to, to remedy this is you have to get underneath the kayak, so either flip the kayak over or get out in the water like I did for Joe McElroy at the, at the Bassmaster, get up under there and pop it back straight. Uh, well, I'm sitting in this little pocket, and there's like two or three little gators around. I'm like, this is stupid. Like, I, I'm an idiot for doing this. So I strip down, take my warm clothes off, get in the water, and I, I tried to get up under there at like knee-deep level, but I couldn't get far enough down to get any leverage so i had to push the kayak out into about five feet get up to my chest and pop the thing around and and i i was still trying to stay positive i'm like you're fine you have plenty of time uh yeah i I mean i i gave it a shot i text aj and told him you know that the the drive had had crapped out on me or it's not the drive it's the clutch inside but uh you know, he's like, what can we do? You want, you know, you want us to bring you a boat, give you a tow. And I'm like, nope, like this is on me. You know, I, I made the decision to, to leave my truck across the freaking lake. I, I knew that the handle was tied. I had my spare boat on the trailer just in case this happened. But because I didn't get to launch 200 yards away, I had to launch three miles away. It really, uh, it really changed the whole, 
the whole flow of of day one for me um yeah i got three fish i i fished miles and miles of bank grass on the way back and couldn't get bit um and went into day two smash day two uh caught a good limit on day three but those two fish man uh they they bit me i knew they would i'm okay with it this is how tournaments go but you know always try to be prepared and the lesson to myself is in decision making uh it, it was a bad call to to in my head think that i had to cross a lake just to fish that one spot i should have should have just went on to my b spot so my vehicle was close uh that's you know that's on the chin right there hey you know what though hats off to you a lot of people would have folded up shop and said the heck with this but you had a good two days to finish up uh and somebody said earlier in the chat i think it was on youtube uh it'll teach you to get to a ramp early never do that again i i well i won't don't worry i won't (laughs) i promise (laughs) yeah yeah, man. But yeah, let, let's get uh, let's get these winners in here. What do you say? Looks like Christine's yeah. off yeah, camera, yeah, yeah, but we'll yeah, throw yeah. her a picture of a couch in here, regardless, until she gets oh, back on. Oh boy. Uh, let's see. Let me get things turned around here. All right. All right, Jordan Marshall. What's up, man? What's up, guys? The AOY is in the house, and then we've got a beautiful couch uh, waiting on our next our champ. The grand champ's gonna make an entrance like grand champs do. Uh, She'll be back on the frame here in a minute. There she is. Oh. Just, just like her limit, Christine comes in late. Yeah. Did you hear that, Christine? What's that? I said, just like your limit, you come sliding in after we throw the camera on. <laughs> Had to refill. Yeah. All right. Oh, all boy. Right. Well, hey, hey, congrats, champ. Thank you, guys. Yeah. So we're, we're going to have some fun talking about this tonight. And, of course, uh, we got to start with the champ. So, Christine, tell us, you know, how things led up to the tournament? I mean, how long were you there? What, what was the week looking like? How are you feeling going into the tournament? Oh, man, you guys. Um, I got there on Monday, started practice uh, late Monday, and had heard kind of some rumors the lake was fishing pretty tough, and I kind of expected it to be pretty tough. Um, my demeanor going in, for whatever reason, I just, you know, we get towards the end of the season. And it's, we put so much effort into it. It had just wrapped up the national championship. I was kind of tired. I was kind of just weirdly like checked out of the tournament going in. Um, didn't expect much. And honestly, I think that's probably why I ended up fishing so good. I didn't have, in my mind, I had nothing on the line, nothing to lose. Um, just happy to be there with some good people and, you know, fish the tournament and kind of be done with that. And my practice did not go very well. Um, I, I think I caught maybe five or six fish total and I wasn't really trying to catch them. You know, I never really do. I was mostly trying to just get an understanding of what was going on on the lake, um, where people were kind of fishing. I like to try to find areas that might be overlooked, especially for a three day tournament. Um, I knew areas like Kawiki and some of the more popular places that people were saying, this is where it's going to be one. And I, I stayed clear away from that stuff. Um, and ended up just going and fishing my strengths and, you know, deciding I was going to live or die by a bite in less than three foot of water for the three days. And it, it ended up working out. Yeah. Looking at your pictures, were you fishing that damn bank grass? Yeah. That willow grass. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I thought <laughs> like I saw Shane's pictures and I was like, there's no freaking way she caught all her fish in that crap. Like I hated fishing that stuff and I didn't get bit out of it is one reason I hated it. I think. 
there were definitely unproductive areas. I was specifically looking for stuff that was on the east side of the lake where the northwest wind was blowing all that warm main lake water into those pockets, looking for areas where, you know, that bank grass made subtle points. And then the most productive stuff for me was like those tiny little isolated clumps. It's like I could almost call my shot. There's going to be fish on that. You did it. You did it, kid. You did it. So, you know, after day one, you're sitting there with a respectable limit. You're in 11th place. You had 77 inches, and it was one of those leaderboards. Besides the the top two guys, it was kind of stacked. Everybody was really, you know, it was pretty tight. Uh, were you feeling pretty good? Like you were going to be able to, to make a jump day two and three? Like you were on the right stuff? Well, day one, I had two guys start in my area. Actually, Brian Howell was there and uh, Joey Vanyo. Um, I, they only caught one fish a piece out of the area. Day two, I had it all to myself. And uh, after I was getting a limit, I was loading up and actually leaving and fishing brand new water each day. Um, I was planning on not fishing the same stuff. But I was more fishing a pattern over a spot and just trying to go places that and I could, I could run that pattern. Um, I, I, honest, I honestly didn't think I had more than 80 inches in that area. Um, I had a little tiny spot in the back I was starting on that it was a uh, way in the back of a pocket. It was about a 50 yard stretch where a channel made a big bend in a pocket. And there was a ton of like little 13, 14 inches back there. Um, I could usually get a limit pretty fast and then leave and go coal other places. Um, however, day three, I didn't get a limit very quickly at all. Um, I had four really good fish because a bass boat actually beat me back to that spot. And it forced me to fish other things. And I ended up kind of figuring out there might be some bigger fish in this area. And I, so I stayed there all day. And, and I had, I was very surprised by the bites I got that day. I mean, I had, I had some bigger fish, um, definitely some bigger fish on that last day, just staying in that area and just really um, methodically kind of picking it apart. But I didn't know. I had, I had no idea I was capable of that, though. It, when you caught that fifth keeper, did you know that you want it it was a 13 incher it was by far the smallest fish in my limit um i hadn't looked so i had my phone on airplane mode almost all day i took it off the airplane mode one time just to call my grandpa when i got my fifth um i had a weird feeling i, I actually started i started crying shane durance was right there <laughs> and i hooked that 13 incher i had tears i don't know why you know I, I really just wanted to get five fish i was like a 13 incher is not going to win me this tournament but i was just so thankful just to get five fish because it, it was probably 12 30 when i got that fifth and my grandpa i knew he was freaking out because i was having an issue submitting fish early and i usually like to wait till i have a limit and then my uh, phone is connected to my Garmin, and I can't figure out how to get it to stop. <laughs> so anytime someone calls me or texts me, it comes on my Garmin. And it was my phone was blowing up all morning, and I finally just said, all right, I'm done trying to mess with this. I'm turning my phone on airplane mode. I'm going to focus on fishing. Took it off for that one second to call my paw. And I, I did. I just The emotions like swept over me, and I, I had this weird feeling that that might have been a very important fish. But I was, in the back of my mind, I was like, there's so many good anglers that – so many good anglers and the bite's going to get good in the afternoon this probably isn't going to win it but regardless this should get me at what i thought would be a top three and i, I was going to be so happy with that definitely was a top three and you didn't call that fish that 13 stayed no. stayed on your string <laughs> no no i did not call that so fish. literally one 13 inch fish won you the toc yeah i, ca I caught five i landed five mm. fish that day total 
that was the last fish I put in the boat. I lost them. I only got two bites after that, honestly, and I lost both of them. Um, and I was fine with it. You know, I, it's one of those things where you kind of realize when it's your time, it's your time and we all lose fish and, you know, we kind of have to accept that as tournament anglers. Uh, yeah. Is that that 13 incher? That's it right there. That, that was, <laughs> oh, money, fi oh, money fish right I there. I squeezed that thing. So I think I was so happy to see that coming to my boat. You guys, it was, it was pretty crazy. Jay Karshman says you can turn off those notifications, Christine, LOL. I, I, I'm aware that you can, I just don't know how. I don't Jake know will how teach you how to run your Garmin if you'll teach him how to catch fish. Edwin said he'd do the same thing if I taught him how to be a better public speaker. I don't know if I can fix that, though, with, with that kid. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What did you just say? Edwin, we're giving you advice speaker. on that. Yeah. Oh man, uh, he just yeah. got a profile picture on Tourney X, so he's it's baby steps for Edwin. He's yeah. got we're working I'm so on proud him. of him. He's we're working good. on the kid. <laughs> yeah, he's in good uh, hands. You know, looking at your limits, you had a you had a thirteen incher on day one too. So out of your I fifteen did. fish, two fit two thirteens in there. Lucky, uh, lucky thirteen. And you know, we're gonna get to Jordan here in a second, but talking about this three day tournament, you know, you were eleventh on day one. Your day two limit was fourth, which is awesome, obviously, and then your day three limit was fifth of day three. Uh, so you didn't have the biggest bag of any day, but that consistency over three days, I mean, that's huge. And that, and that, that speaks volumes to the, to how difficult it is to stay consistent, uh, over multiple day tournaments. I mean, two day events are hard, but how was this three day format to you? I guess you just fished the national championship, which was mm. similar, but how that, how did this, uh, the hit you mentally and from a preparation standpoint? Well, going into it, knowing, you know, I think a lot of us, I mean, Jordan and, and Lambert can attribute to this. Um, we knew it was going to be tough and that you had to, it was all about fishing clean and, and fish, you're literally fishing for six, seven bites probably. Um, and knowing that going in, it's like it, it mentally wears you out. It's not like, you know, we were on Bisno. We know we were going to, you could put up a hundred inches in a matter of 20 minutes, you know, for the national championship. We were going out on a lake where a 15 incher was a dang good fish to have in your limit. So that just doing that, you had to, the mental thing was huge. I mean, huge for me. And I think that, like I said, the big reason I think I, I did so well is because I was so relaxed and so calm and I was just, I, I really didn't feel like I had anything at all to lose. Um, and I was able to stay mentally so much um, more put together than I had for most any other big tournament. So um, I like the three day, I think for a championship, it really, it really makes anglers put their best foot forward. And we, we get to see who can manage their fish and most importantly, make really good decisions. So I think we saw that in this tournament. Yeah. That's probably what knocked me out from the beginning. <laughs> that's your stubbornness. <laughs> yep. All right. Let's hear from the angler of the year, the man with the mullet, Jordan Marshall. Anything, Jordan. No. Jordan Marshall. Hey, <laughs> hey Christine, just, just Bam. Hey, I feel like I feel like I'm talking to Tim Isaacs right now. Hey, Christine, we had a we had a side thing going with all the moderators that if Jordan had the clean sweep, I had to grow a mullet. So oh. I'm, I'm glad you took the. Uh, I'm sure Ashley is so happy. I'm yeah, so happy I physically probably couldn't do it, so it had to been a wig. It'd have been terrible. It was about to get expensive. Jeff was going to have hair implants and all kinds yeah. of stuff. But. Yeah. Man. Anyway. Before I caught that last fish, so that was uh, part of the excitement was send, sending them that that video of that last fish I caught. Cause I was like, man, I cannot wait to see uh, Jeff with a mullet. And I think <laughs> Cruz might have agreed to that too. It was Cruz or Shane. Yeah, Cruz. Cruz was in on that too. I think he was the first one to say it if he if it, if he <laughs> cashed it. But but yeah, man, uh, tell us about your tournament. Um, 
I got down there uh, late Tuesday night after working like 14 hours, and you know I'd heard you know guys down there pre-fishing that it was rough. And um, you know, first day I get there and I'm looking around, um, I just there was at no point in time in the couple of days that I looked around and practiced that I ever feel like, okay, this is where I need to go. I got a couple fish here, a couple fish there. I caught a couple fish everywhere I went, but I didn't catch anything over 17. And, um, you know, I actually put in that first morning in a boat ramp that I hadn't even been to, but it was close to an area um, that I was at. And I literally had my five fish from day one within sight of my truck. And that was after I watched Russ and Lambert pedal three miles across the lake. Um, I, I, I just sat there in that little area all day. Literally um, caught a fish probably within casting distance of the boat ramp. First thing in the morning, that was my big fish. And, you know, I just kind of um, rode, rode that through the day and used it. You know, to my limit early, I basically left, um, went up to where I thought I could maybe get some bigger bites. And when I got up there, um, everybody was up there. Um, Dusty was there. Jackson was there. Um, basically, you know, everybody that was up north, they were all at the same area. And I went and looked around and, you know, didn't really want to ruin anybody's fish. Just went up there and thought I could cull some fish and didn't really feel like that's something I could go back up there the next day doing. And, uh, day two, I went back to the same spot, try to see if I could find some more fish near the boat ramp. And of course that was just a very fortunate thing that I'd found on day one. I think it was just an overlooked spot that nobody fished in practice. And it took me all day, all day to get a limit. I'd like a line burner 12 for my fifth fish at like one, one thirty, and ended up calling it out like a, 12 and three quarters, something like that. And I felt like the hero for calling three quarter inches of fish <laughs> on the end of the two, but, um, covered a lot of water. I mean, a, a ridiculous amount of water, um, both, um, day two and day three, day three, um, my, all my stuff was gone. I had no idea what I was going to do. And most of my fish from the first two days came on a jack hammer, just covering water. And I sat down with a map. Um, at the end of day two, while I was waiting for somebody to give me a ride and looked at where the boat ramps were, where all the places that I thought might be slide put in or something like that. And as soon as I got in my truck, I drove all the way back north to look at a spot and ended up being private property. And I was like, how in the world am I going to get there? I thought that was a cove that no one, I mean, it was like four miles from any boat ramp. And I was like, I got to figure out how to get there. So I found um, the two, you know, above river and below river ramps and put in and basically did a A to B float like I would do at home and just covered um, probably two or three pockets that I don't think anybody fished at all because that morning, the first one I went to was about two or three miles up. And I got in there and I got probably 15 bites in the first two hours or hour and a half maybe and i just don't think those fish had seen anybody the whole week um and then pedaled down to end up where i caught the big fish and cold like eight and a quarter inches in the last 10 minutes when i finally made it down to that creek that i'd wanted to get to and literally caught a fish directly across from where that little spot i made on a map to go check at was private property 
I mean, it was <laughs> right there. I mean, I could tell looking at it, it was just right. And, you know, finally made it there and, you know, just had a very fortunate day at the end of cold big fish and Lambert's right. I was, I was about, about, I didn't, I didn't know what to say. Uh, the video I was about half teared up in and I had a four mile paddle back at the end of day three to get back to a boat ramp and the whole four miles, I was just like calling people and trying to upload fish and all right, hold on, <laughs> you know, I got to get off the phone. I got I gotta, I gotta make sure my fish submitted and I make my, make sure a fish submitted and I start calling people again. And I, I was getting excited and, uh, you know, I, I, I was pretty sure that I had angler of the year, um, at that point And, you know, I thought I might've had a better shot for, for the win than I did, but you know, <laughs> one of those things that, um, you know, somebody asked me, uh, you know, if, if I could finish second going into it and take that offhand you know that was all i really wanted going down there was to win angler of the year or at least finish you know in the top three so i qualify for worlds but you know the goal was for angler of the year and not necessarily winning the tournament that would have been a bonus um last year was the year that my goal was to win the toc so i'm not putting you know anger on anybody but you got robbed for <laughs> the words i said <laughs> I, that that one last year still stung more than the one. This Boy, so, uh, I'm I'm on the phone with Marshall. And he's like, well, I feel like feel like it's kind of you know I'm I'm supposed to win this one you know, since I got robbed last year, and I'm like, man, come on now, that wasn't robbery. <laughs> Frustration. Man, I, is I, the I rumor feel, true feel... that the? Go ahead. Now I was going to ask, did you when you decided to make that A to B float, did you have an out, or did you have to scramble to find a right after the fact? Um, I had a, uh, so Matt Millard, who finished fourth, um, who I had met a couple times, I think before this weekend, he ended up staying with me and road dog, Eric Thompson. And, uh, he, he stayed with us and, and he was in, um, I don't think anybody particularly cares now that we're not there anymore, but he was, he was in root crew. <laughs> I don't give a crap if we go to back to that place or not. Amen. <laughs> Amen, brother. <laughs> uh, being honest, um, Agreed. I, I was, you know, I have no desire. I'm not saying I won't go back there because I said the same thing about Susky a couple years ago. I just that, that seeing it back on the schedule doesn't really excite me. Now there's a chance I'll probably go just because I'm competitive. But um, he was in Rude Creek, and I literally on the third day floated from Florence Marina to Rude Creek after going two miles up to a little creek and then going all the way back down. And, um, he, I, I told him, I said, if you're going to be there all day, you know, that would be fantastic, but you know, don't stay there just because you're waiting on me or whatever. And, you know, he kind of kept in touch with me. Hey, you know, I'm, I'm freaking wrecking him. And he did, he, he got on him early in the morning and, um, he was kind enough to give me a ride at the end of the day. That really, that really helped. Um, but I know there's a lot of guys that would do that on day two, um, Brady uh, Stores, a young guy from Nebraska. I might have said his last name wrong. You're right. Good kid. Um, good kid. But, Not a kid anymore, yeah. but good kid. He's a great kid. I, I, had, I had no idea who Brady was when I rolled up at the boat ramp um, on uh, day two. Um, he was there, and he's like, hey, man, you know, how are you doing? I was like, I'm good. I'm freaking tired. But, um, you know, that was not a plan to go to a different boat ramp on day two. <laughs> covered so much water. I just was kind of doing whatever. 
and uh and eric was coming to pick me up and uh he was at the other end of the lake and, and brady was was giving me a ride about the time g showed up and asked for a ride so brady, brady was pulling double duty and uh you know that's that's something I, I i mentioned to some people this weekend uh that were asking me about the the kayak tournaments you, you won't have that a lot with with bass boat tournaments and and um guys that are nice enough that you know they, they've never met you before that are hey man you know go, we'll load your stuff up there there's no reason for somebody to drive 30 minutes up here um i'll, I'll give you a ride no problem let me let me move my stuff you know that's th things like that um are very much appreciated and they get overlooked a lot as well as you know i don't think i mentioned all the people that i appreciated texting me and and, and calling me and things on the day two and three you know i, I really appreciate that I, I had a lot of really long pedal between creeks that i was at and you know i, I can't stay off my phone i was checking the leaderboard <laughs> so i actually spent a lot more time on my phone on day three than i, I normally do and i i appreciated every one of those calls and texts and facebook messages and comments and everything else i, I read every bit of them and i tried to respond back to every one of them um, and i appreciate every one of those you know, this wasn't a Thursday. This some Thursday nighter. This was the championship event, and people are offering to give you rides and and whatnot. So that's pretty. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so I, I I say, I mean, out of the out of the people that are in this event, you know, a lot of us have put a, a lot of miles, a lot of time, a lot of money into chasing this. I think there's kind of a higher level of respect, you know, for the work that was put in to get like you want everybody to have their best day. Like even, even though you're competing against each other, like you want everybody to, to freaking, to bring it, to have a good time on the water. You know, you try to help each other out. And you know, if you're passing by somebody and like Edwin, for instance, uh, he was on a little punching, I don't know who told him that a little punching and flipping bite, but, uh, <laughs> he ran out of flipping hooks. So he takes all my, all my flipping hooks with him. Uh, you know, just, I mean, helping, helping each other, whether it's a ride or tackle or even loading a kayak, uh, you know, I think that's, that's something that, that like Jordan said, our sport kind of has this uniqueness to it. And as people get more involved in it, they, they see kind of that close knit sort of dysfunctional family style that we have going. Yeah. Um, unbelievable. Both of you, the accomplishments that you pulled off this year, uh, Tell me this, and Christine, you can go first since you won the tournament this week, but what does winning this event mean to you compared to all the other events you fished in and competed in or cast checks? What does winning this event mean? I mean, you see Ryan with that trophy on his desk. It meant the world to him mm -hmm. when he did it. Uh, what did this mean to, to pull this off? Well, I mean, first off, y'all, I think we can agree that this is the most prestigious event that we have. I mean, I've said it to a lot of people um, you know, in the industry that have been calling to do some interviews over the last day. I think that this event's kind of like equivalent to the Bassmaster Classic for us. I think that's pretty fair to, to say that. Um, and I, I, I still think I got to tip my hat to Marshall. Winning Angler of the Year in this series is, is by far, I think, the, the biggest accomplishment. Um, anybody can go out there and win it, but to get Angler of the Year is is something. I mean, I've I've wanted to get Angler of the Year so bad, and I haven't yet. Well, one day, hopefully, I will. But um, to win it, I, I still really haven't. I'm sure Lambert can agree with this. Like when you win it, and Jody said the same thing, it doesn't really hit you until 
you know, a few days later, um, it, it's, it's been overwhelming just, just being able to say that it happened. Um, I've won some tournaments in the last few years and winning this one is, is definitely the, the biggest win in my entire career. And I just feel really, really grateful. And I, like I said, in the awards, I couldn't at all do it without so many people in the community, you know, mentoring me and, and just encouraging me and lifting me up. And I mean, y'all have supported me since day one. And I remember when you were taking upside down picks in Nebraska out of a Jackson <laughs> catching Thro little 16 inch farm throwback Thursday. Four -pounder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was terrible bass fisherman. I mean, absolutely terrible bass fisherman. Um, so I've, you know, I've come a long way. I've got a long way to go yet, but I'm trying to get better every day. And, um, like I said, everybody in that room has helped me in one way or the other. And, uh, just to be able to be there and win that event, I, as you can tell, I don't really have the words just yet, but it's, it's, uh, I'm, I'm thankful for it for sure. Yeah. And Jordan to you, man, I mean, you said it yourself, you were wanting that AOI, uh, coming into the event and especially after a good day one, what does it mean to, to cap that off and win it? Uh, it means a lot. Um, I, I think one, one of the biggest things I could probably say is, you know, winning anger of the year when I, feel I, I feel like I come up short a whole lot I, I've never won like a regional event or anything whether it's bass or Hobie and I feel like I've just gotten really really close a few times I mean I finished second at TOC the last couple of years and I've led um, like two or three days on the first days of Hobie events and it's you know winning anger of the year is kind of a, a validity thing uh, to me as much as anything um, I feel like that's one of those things where um, a few years ago, um, I, I, I didn't fish as well off the Tennessee river as, as I do on the Tennessee river. And I remember hearing somebody make a comment that, you know, I'd have to figure out how to fish outside of Tennessee or fish off the Tennessee river. And, you know, I, I've, I've not forgot that, you know, but, <laughs> that's a uh, lie. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I, I mean, one of those things at the time, you know, they might've been more right, but it, it, now, you know, it's one of those things where um, I, I want people to know when, when I show up that, you know, this is, you know, I'm, I'm here to win a tournament. And that's, you know, the next the next thing is to win a, a Hobie event or win a regional event and kind of do thing, you know, something along those lines. Because it's, um, you know, Anger of the Year is a big deal, and I, I do really appreciate it. But I promise there's nobody that's uh, trying harder to win an individual event than me, and there's nobody that's going to appreciate it as much as I will when it does happen. Cause it's going to happen. Man, you go over to the other side, the bass boat world, You're talking about Gerald Swindle, I think Seth Fighter this year, the former AOIs on the Elite Series that have never won an Elite Series event. But their talent is top-notch. I mean, Seth Fighter's, you know, arguably the best in the world. Uh, never pulled off an event. He will one day, just like you will, because you're, you know, you're, you're one always talked about as one of the elite guys here. So to win a of the AOI is uh, fitting and well deserved, man. So we're all we're all proud for you and pumped for you. I appreciate. And that's, I mean, that's a big, you know, a big kind of statement to your consistency. And it, just like Christine proved this point, you know, consistency just won her the TOC, but consistency won you the, you know, the kind of crowning achievement of the entire season. So the fact that you haven't won one, I don't think is necessarily, you know, makes people 
like respect you any less or look at your talents any less because you're, I mean, you're smashing, like you're cashing checks in <laughs> Arkansas for God's sakes. Like, I don't know who even fishes out there, but you know, hey, you're, I way, mean, you're doing it all over the place. I still take a little bit of credit for last year for talking Jordan into coming to Dardanelle, which got him into that top three of AOI. Isn't that true, Jordan? Right. Yeah. I got, I got talked into coming to Dardanelle and uh, it was, uh, I don't, I don't remember maybe one day of practice of any practice. And I basically <laughs> down there days and drove 10 hours home to be at work the next morning after the tournament. So oh, that was basically the same thing I did at Pickwick this year, which just show up, find somewhere that nobody's at and, catch fish and, and drive home yeah man um trying to find some questions in the comments here. if anybody has any questions for these guys shoot them in and i'll try to throw them on the screen for them i know there's been a bunch of comments fly by that i that i missed i'm through D- dylan dylan's comment you can throw it up about how he is acting like he knew what it was going to take to do anything down on this damn lake i swear that boy ain't never seen you follow before in his life i'll go ahead and throw that out there i don't know what his daddy's told him i don't know what lake his daddy was fishing but that ain't it it was not that place. This Told boy, you, low to mid eighties. Boy, oh my goodness gracious! Who was it? Listen, I, this is a real conversation <laughs> I want to have. Hobie did that pre-fishing interview with Jay and Joey Vanyo. Did one of them not say two eighty something was going to win it? <laughs> Joey did. Holy shit! We we put that on our house and all of us <laughs> laughed. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what. Uh, and and he did catch at least one big fish that I saw a picture of pre-fishing, but to bet 280 on that one uh was was rough, I'm afraid. He ca- he calling names in the comments. Look at this kid. <laughs> but he'll have to call him in the podcast cuz he ain't going to call him live from a TOC. I promise you that. <laughs> Baby deal. Oh, what man. what are your what are your um, thoughts on how on how pre fishing went and how the final totals ended up? I mean, we saw a couple big bags. There were some upper eighties bags that got turned in throughout the tournament. But I mean, overall, is this about is this about what you expected? Is it less than what you expected? Uh, Christine, go ahead and answer that one first. Um, well, I was with uh, I'm at the Cozes now. I was with the Cozes right before I came down here. And uh, Jamie, uh, Saturday night or Sunday morning, whatever it was, predicted, he's like, it'll take 75 inches to win. And I thought that was probably a little low. Um, and again, I didn't know what to expect. I'd never fished Ufala. I knew it was going to be, I knew it was going to suck. Um, but I was, I was thinking, after talking to some of the guys, you know, I, I'm staying with the, the Russes and Cody's and G's and Scotches of the world that are very, very dialed. And I kind of knew what they, you know, they were catching and, I definitely wasn't on anything like that. I, I, in my head, I was I was really shooting for like seventy eight to eighty inches a day, is what I thought. You know, would definitely get you paid um, to win it. I I knew I knew two eighty was was not gonna gonna happen. Um, but I was thinking maybe eighty a day could could possibly have a chance to win the tournament. Dead on. Dead on. We got some more questions. Uh, Jordan, you see this one here. How, how do you fish without any electronics? That's crazy. A <laughs> um, lot of lot of map study, honestly. But before I go to a tournament, um, you know, I, I don't spend a whole lot of time uh, getting to pre-fish. Um, I get ten days off of work a year, and I work a bunch extra um, to be able to take some comp time off. Um, like last week, uh, before I left, I worked like 14 hours on Monday and 14 or 16 hours on Tuesday and then drove six hours down there. 
just so I could, you know, have an extra day on Wednesday because I heard it was tough. But I mean, a lot of it's just looking at maps, looking at boat ramps, um, looking at places I can slide the boat in, um, being really attentive when other people are, are, are talking about their practice. I mean, everybody likes to brag. Everybody likes to say what they're catching fish on. Um, and a lot of times you'll pick up a lot of stuff of what people are doing that adds up a little bit here and a little bit there. And you kind of put stuff together in the back of your mind and add it to what you're learning yourself. Um, cause it's not always about catching fish and practice. It's about learning what you're needing to look for and trying to find fish. And, um, and honestly, it's sometimes the most important part is figuring out where there's not fish and figuring out where there's not a million people at. Um, I hate being around other people uh, as far as just on, on the water goes. There's, there's no doubt about that. I, I just, you know, I just assume cover, cover water. A lot of people like to sit in one place and um, make fish bite. I like to just make as many casts as possible and find fish that are feeding because, you know, they're a lot more aggressive and a lot of times I don't have to take nearly as much tackle and I can cover a lot of water and I don't have to carry electronics or any of that other stuff. So, um, I just like to keep it simple and um, that's keep it simple and, you know, try to stay away from everybody and try to cover more water than everybody else. Man, I love that because you're talking about this year, we've got winners that won with a paddle. They didn't have pedals or anything like that. They were paddling. You're winning with no electronics. Lambert half the time doesn't have electronics. Uh, so people that are watching this, that are thinking about making the jump to national type events. You do not have to have 15 rods and a live scope and the best pedal drive. Just whatever you got, you got a chance. If you know how to catch them, you got a chance. That's, that's all you need. Absolutely. Uh, the electronics probably wouldn't have done me a whole lot of good in any of the tournaments I did. Very <laughs> Let's be honest. Um, Pickwick, I was in a place that looked more alligator infested than Eufaula, even though there were no alligators there. I was just waiting on something to pop up and snag me. Copper. <laughs> um, but, and then Susky, um, the water was moving so quick through there. It was basically just make as many ass as possible and <coughs> lose a bunch of fish. I mean, because there were plenty of fish chilling around waiting to eat. Um, it was basically just trying not to lose fish. We got a couple more questions. Did you see this one, uh, Ryan? This is an important one. This is for Christine. Who has the Ooh. bragging rights in Ooh. Christine's house? Well, <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> Define Christine's house. Let's yeah, start there I, first. I'd like to clarify. Is it, is it the house I'm in here or um... – I don't know if y'all know, but I am technically homeless again right now. So wow, okay. what would we like to, what, what is my house? <laughs> oh boy. Uh, I think he, he must, he probably means your relationship. I, I, I would I think. Would, yeah, that's, that's what Read I between the lines. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's been a lot of comments about that. Um, about, and obviously G and I had a, a really incredible month. Um, I think we had almost a hundred grand between the two of us in two tournaments. So, uh, and ironically enough, you know, I, my main goal of the whole year, I, re I really wanted to qualify for the 10. That was a big thing for me. And I kind of kind of blew that on day one of the NC. But, you know, I was I put that aside. And so many of my friends did so good in that tournament that I was happy for them. And, and G came into this one wanting to win Angler of the Year. He was right there. I mean, just a point behind Brian, a couple points behind Ewing. And I know he had a really tough event, but he 
was able to kind of come together and be really happy and excited and cheer me on. And it's hard to do, you know, and it's really, really hard when you go into an event and you didn't have the performance, but your friends do well and you've got to pull it together and, and show them support. And so many of mine did that despite having, you know, the, the a really bad performance. So um, the, for, as far as bragging rights, I think y'all know, Jesus is a, a much better angler than I am. I mean, he just is. <laughs> That's uh, that, that's that's no doubt. I, I try to learn from him every single day. One day, maybe I'll get there. But um, he he won about double the money, and uh, he's just a better angler. But I did I did every once in a while I uh, I, I get one in on him, and I was happy to get this one. <laughs> Clifton is begging you to be cocky in the comments. I can't. I just can't do it. Can't do it. Um, All right. Yeah. So Clifton actually asked a question earlier. Did you have a spinning rod in the boat? You, I, I heard what you said you were throwing, so I, w I want to hear this answer myself, too. For me or for Marshall? For you. He wants to know oh. if the queen was throwing oh, a spinning right. setup yeah, in the at TOC. the last tournament, he told me to throw a drop shot, and I said, absolutely not. Um, I did, actually. Day, day one and day two, I didn't pick up a spinning rod. I was flipping and punching, uh, skipping a swim jig around that grass, but day three with that uh you know that the water dropped a little bit probably eight inches and uh you know, obviously that that freeze um i had a i, I caught all my fish on a spinning rod um every single last one of them <laughs> there so, you yes, go I cliff did. yeah that was for you cliff spinning rod for you and you know what that's something we hadn't talked about yet is that weather did change over the three days <sighs> yeah. i mean you could see it in people i think you could see it in your pictures christine you had like on regular shoes and it went to boundary boots by day three. Oh yeah gloves <laughs> so, on i mean it was boy it was cold yeah. it was cold that morning what, what did that do to y'all's fish it looked like people were still catching them did, did it change up on on how you targeted them or what what happened there i mean i i don't know about marshall but uh i, I, you know, I was catching them pretty fast uh day one and day two but on day three i didn't even try to fish fast i just immediately went in and was uh, skipping a fluke deep back into that bank grass and letting it just kind of soak in it and that's i got bit i mean i caught that 18 and a half incher on my first cast of day three um and i caught that 17 and a half right after and then a 19 actually behind that bass boat that went in uh, he came out to that point went past me we exchanged some words they were fishing a tournament too and uh he went he's i'm not trying to cut you off i'm just gonna go 100 yards up and hit just really good point up there and I caught a 19 right behind him. Um, and he was fishing, they were fishing buzz baits. So I saw what they were doing. And um, so I, the whole day, I didn't even try to fish fast. Maybe I should have. I'm sure Marshall was throwing a spinner bait or something. Uh, I almost bet <laughs> no, my life on it. That's what he was doing. Bait fish this weekend, believe it or not. No what spinner bait fish. No spinner bait fish. I, I threw it all the, I threw it a whole bunch, way more than I should have. I don't think I had a single bite on a spinner. Really? Practice. I know one of the guys, I think it was Matt Millard, right? Said he caught him all on spinner bait. Yeah, I was, I was jealous. I just didn't catch him on spinner bait as anything. <laughs> Me too. Me too. I, I couldn't, I didn't even try it though. I just slowed way down and got the five bites that I thought I needed. The, the colder, the colder it got, the faster I did. Really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, on day three, I realized I had to kind of swing for the fences and I, I, I mean, I went like 13 miles or something like that on, on mm. day and and just fished. I mean, the camera boats will tell you. I mean, I, I left them a few times. They were they were trolling, and I'd just fish away from them. They'd motor up and get back down uh, near me. But, um, yeah, it was it was as fast as I could go on, on day three, no no questions asked. I'm, the, only, the only reason I slowed down is if I had one kind of swirl at it and I'd flip a fluke back in there or something. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, 
that was that was pretty much it. Some more comments sliding in there. Uh, Marshall, I want to play. Can I play this video? <laughs> from where you yeah. caught the, from where you caught that last one? I think it's yeah. awesome, so I want to play it. Literally, last cast, two o'clock, biggest fish of the weekend. <laughs> Let's go, twenty twin twin. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Ah man, T tell us about that. I, one. What'd you think you had? What do you think you had there when you caught that one? Do you think you put? I, I thought that was probably between AOI and the, and the tournament. I thought that was like a forty something thousand dollar fish. <laughs> I, I, I'd be lying if I didn't think that. I, I, I was calling people. I did it. Let's go. You know, I, I thought at the time. You know, there's. You know, I, I'd be I'd be lying if I said I, I didn't think that was you know 100% game over. I mean, you don't you don't catch a 20 inch fish at two oh oh one four and 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 not think that that's how that goes. Um, you know, when the leaderboard went down, you know, Cole eight inches and I'm you know hypothetically three or four inches ahead of you know before the tournament went down. So. Um, I mean, you guys know. I think y'all were the first people that got that video when I barely had any service because uh, I wanted to see Jeff with the with a mullet. But <laughs> uh, you know, that's that's one of those things. I, I ain't mad at it. That's just you know, it, at that moment. I mean, you can hear it in my voice. I mean, I was. I mean, that's that's pure raw excitement right there, and and excitement that's almost almost a freaking tears, and y'all y'all can hear that because it's. There, there's no shortage of, of passion, whether it's me, you know, catching a donkey at the end of the day, or or me having a bad day and snapping a rod over. Thirty had meltdowns. That they really exist, and I hope no one ever sees any uh, that that haven't already. Uh, uh, you know, that's it's it's you know something we spend a lot of time and effort in, and I think if you don't care that much then there's there's something wrong with you at least my opinion i'm a competitive person though so did y'all talk before the final announcement did any did you know y'all didn't know because no. christine you look pretty jumpy up there like you didn't know what was going to happen i, had, I was a little yeah i did i didn't i heard uh, i heard rumor that marshall um had beat ron by 10 <laughs> inches was the rumor and i was like oh. well, I, sh I sure didn't beat ron by 10 inches so i, I thought marshall won it um, I heard he absolutely smashed him, and I, I, like I said, I figured he would. Marshall's, <laughs> I knew he was going to bring his all, and it was a shallow bite. And Marshall's one of the best shallow fishermen out there, so I, I just had, you know, I was like, I figured he was going to smash him. Um, I didn't look at the leaderboard all day except for one time early when I turned my phone on for that split second. Um, so I, like I said, I, I had no idea. I heard he beat Ron by a ton, and. I, I knew I only beat Ron by, I think, six or seven inches, and I didn't beat him by 10, so I, I was ready to take home second place and be very happy about it. A doc talk doing its thing. That's, that was, that's the best ending to a tournament that I can ever remember seeing. You know, usually these tournaments you kind of have in your head going into awards, like where, where people are sitting roundabout and and you know we were all happy and and you know hugging and you know all kinds of stupid stuff <laughs> before the before the deal and we sat down at the table and matt millard was sitting at our table who who in in our minds we thought was third and we were talking about marshall's polygraph 
And I was like, Matt, you know, what'd you think about the polygraph? He's like, I didn't get polygraphs. And I was like, uh oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> that, that <laughs> I'm, was, I'm was no rocket first. scientist, but there's a surprise here somewhere. <laughs> that was that was the first moment where I didn't think like <laughs> my, get my get my and uh, Matt was like, yeah, I, I didn't get polygraphed. Dust Dusty was sitting out there in the, in the waiting area, you know, outside the room, and I was like. Okay, well, you know, uh, he had a good lead. You know, that's that's who I was expecting, and they they called the three of us up there, and I was like, "What in what in the <laughs> world is happening here?" <laughs> and then I'm serious, like we're we're sitting at the table, and and they say, you know, AJ's like third place, Ron Champion. I you, I mean, I felt like. I mean, just like the world just stopped spinning. Like, I mean, Thomason turned around, jaw on the ground, and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> something something crazy is about to go down right here. And, I mean, you can't be, you can't be disappointed, uh, you know, for either one of them to win it. But it was like such – because you're in this mindset. Like, I was asking Jordan, I was like, you want me and Eric to come pick you up and carry you around on our shoulders? Like, you know what? <laughs> What kind of celebration do you want to do? And Christine just gently grabs the corner of the rug and slides it on. As she, as she slowly takes a drink of the wine right there just to Dang. kind of rub it in. I like oh, that. man. It was wild. It was a wild ending. Wild ending. Yeah, you should have threw some gang signs or something when that happened, Christine. You had a chance to drop Oh, my gosh. Oh, I felt kind of bad. I, I heard Ron, I don't know, Ron thought he won it. Ron was crying at the ramp. And then Marshall thought he won it. Oops. <laughs> See, that's that's about how it went. She yeah. heard that they were all crying at the ramp. She just knocked them right off the pedestal. <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. <laughs> hey, Clifton asked a little question. We're going to wrap this thing up pretty soon because I know you guys are beat. Uh, do you guys, either one, or Ryan, yourself, I never have this problem, ever find yourself not wanting to be followed by the camera boat? I don't follow me around until the weekend, and I had um, – Two of them, um, the two uh, two of them come by this weekend. Uh, Steve Steve was around and Cody was around, and um, I didn't think much of it. Um, Cody pulled in, um, mic me up. I told him I was about to leave that area and was kind of having a conversation with him as I went out. And uh, I told him I said I haven't really caught any fish on this main channel, but I think this little area looks good because um, it kind of looks like an extension of the creek as it comes around, and I bet I didn't make, you know, 30 casts or so after I talked to him and lost a really good fish um, kind of on camera and then lost two more fish, and I was about to tell him to leave. And I had <laughs> <laughs> two-mile uh, pedal to get to the next creek, and the whole time, you know, I'm trying to relax. I'm, I'm listening to music, and I'm, I'm mic'd up, and um, – I was eating eating a sandwich and, and drinking some water and trying to relax and I'm sitting there the whole time thinking this son of a gun follows me to this next creek and I start losing fish. I'm, I'm gonna tell. You. <laughs> <laughs> and um, but C Cody's really nice, you know. That by no means were they in the way or anything. It was just you know, I, you know, I, you know, because the boat's there doesn't make a difference. You know, that's you know, a big fish that wasn't meant to happen. You know, that's. You know, in the past, I would have got really frustrated, and I'm kind of glad the camera boat was on me because it kind of made me think, "Hey, you know, don't don't spin out at this point in the day. You've got a, a good limit, and you've still got a lot of ground to cover." So I'm 
And if anything, I'm glad the camera boat was there. What about, about you, Christine? Christine? You put it out of your mind? You just roll? Uh, no. Uh, you know, I, funny thing is, Cody's a really good friend of mine, and, and Shane is a good friend of mine, too. Shane's Shane's been there, um, you know, filling me the last several years, and I've always, we've had this, like, ongoing thing that every time he's there, I, I've never done anything that cool. Um, I do the complete opposite. I may, I start making terrible casts, I get wind knots, I breaks off, and um, I was like, Shane, this time, like, something something really cool is going to happen. And I did catch that fifth fish. He was there to see that and capture the, the call with my grandpa, which was, was, was great. I can't wait to get that footage. Um, but I was fishing pretty good up until they got there. Uh, I broke off. I hadn't broken off a fish all tournament. And I had a, about a 1920 incher come up on that fluke. I watched him come up and eat it. I reeled down and set it and it snapped. Not my leader, just down the line. I don't, I don't even know how that happens. And then the last 30 minutes of the day, Cody Prather rolls up as I, I make a beautiful cast, set into like a probably 17 inch or so and get it out of the grass. And he gets ready to do his camera on it. it I, I, I don't know what happened, but there's a single blade of grass. The fish goes into it and gets off. And that, that was all she wrote. It's like, so I had two opportunities to just do something remotely cool on camera. And I, for whatever <laughs> reason, like I just lose it and I can't, and I run my GoPros all day long and I've gotten to the point where I'm so used to that. Um, that doesn't really bother me. But when those guys get around, I'm like, gosh, I don't want to look like I don't know what I'm doing. I want to make all these good casts and um, stand on the front hatch, stand on the front hatch. Stupid. (laughs) (laughs) So it's a, I got to get over that. It's been a few years. You think I'd be better by this point, but I'm not, I'm not quite there yet. Yeah. That's funny. Um, we're going to get a few more things before we go. One more thing for everybody. They announced the TOC location for next year, which was yes. Caddo. What y'all yes. think about that? I'm just uh, taking somewhere deep in Texas, and they hit us with Caddo. I, I'm down with Caddo. I, I enjoyed the lake. I enjoyed the area. I enjoyed uh, Shreveport, the Hustler Club. I mean, I think it's a great a great location. <laughs> I'm stoked too. Um, I do know Caddo can, can, uh, uh, Jeeve did a photo shoot down there two years ago, the same time uh, of year. And there was a little tiny cold front and they caught, I think they caught one fish in three days and it yes. shut the entire lake down. So it oh. can't, and it's probably going to happen. That's the T. It wouldn't be a TOC without ridiculously tough fishing. Um, so, but the lake's beautiful. I mean, I know y'all, Lambert can attest to this. It's an incredible lake to fish. There's giant bass, and I think it'll be a really, really neat event. I haven't been to Caddo since the first national championship down there, and I, I piddled around Caddo for a couple of days, saw nine million snakes, and back <laughs> <laughs> camera, center bait, or frog, like I was told I was going to do. <laughs> uh, seemed like that year we were down there, everybody was catching fish on black and blue. So, yeah, that was true. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not a big Cinco thrown individual, so I might have to expand the arsenal <laughs> back down there. But I promise I'm gonna throw a spinnerbait more than everybody else when we do go back down. <laughs> it's the fall, I'll forget yeah. about that. Yeah, and then before we go, we didn't want to lead this, we didn't want to lead the show with this, uh, but we're gonna finish with it. Uh, the TOC was a great event, uh, BOS puts on a great season, but. On this podcast, we always talk about anything and everything with any event, whether it's good, bad, or ugly. And the first day 
uh, one of the guys that was in contention for the AOI, Russ Snyder's, was was up there in like third place, and then all of a sudden, poof, he was in fiftieth place. And of course, the internet went to chattering, uh, we tried to figure out what's going on. And Hobie came out with a statement. I think it was on their live feed Friday night, uh, explaining what had happened and their ruling on the thing, and kind of cleared it up. Basically, Russ uh, turned himself in for fishing uh, illegal water. And just like a precedent has been set on, I think, MLF and the Elite Series, when that happens, when you fish illegal water, they will disqualify your day. That's kind of a standard that I've seen uh, in different different uh, organizations. So that's what they did. He got his, his day one DQ'd. I thought the ruling was pretty good, and the tournament moved on. And then, you know, that was that. Except today, I think it was today, maybe it was yesterday, Russ posted a his response to that, which was a video and some pictures of the area in question, and kind of blurred, muddied up the water again. So I wanted to talk to Ryan, Jordan, and, and even Christine. You were at the event. I don't know if you launched with Russ, but uh, let me play this video, and then I'm going to get uh, Ryan and, and Jordan's take on it. That's where I launch right there. Go around this corner here. There's a marina. There's a couple signs right there. I didn't see the signs because I'm just fishing around the bank. So, see what the signs say. All right, so there we go. That that was the video showing him kind of showing his path and how he missed the signs and got into that illegal water. But the thing that raised some eyebrows with that was some of the people that fished with him said he didn't launch there. So, he, but he said it in that video. So, can any of you guys shedding light on that? I can. Okay. Um, just, just you know, being a good friend of Russ and staying with all those guys. That video that he took, he and he shouldn't have probably posted that video because it did make a gray area. But what he meant is that in practice, he launched there and pre-fished there. He pre-fished that marina, I think, two days. He launched that ramp, came up that bank. And if anybody knows Ross and, and sees how he fishes, he's about as zoned in on his target as anybody else. And he came up that bank, went in the marina, didn't pay attention to it. Obviously, you know, angler awareness needs to, you know, probably be a little better there. But that's what he meant. He didn't mean he launched there for the tournament. He meant in practice he launched there, didn't see it, and then for the tournament came straight in going exactly where he caught fish. Y'all can y'all can comment on that. I think it's really interesting on that lake that every marina is is off limits and and before anybody takes that the wrong way. I, I've known Russ a long time. Um, I live in Tennessee. Russ lives in Tennessee. We fish state championships and all kinds of other stuff for a long time. And and anybody that knows Russ knows he's a good dude. Um, I, I think that it's really easy to make a mistake like that when when you are zoned in and. You know, we've seen it a lot. The Tennessee guys have seen it where guys make casts too early. <laughs> it's it's easy to do. It's one of those things where, you know, you get thinking about something else and um, and those things kind of go by. But you know, as far as the ramp thing, I mean, I mean, he, he launched with us that morning and pedaled across. And, you know, I, I don't know why he was pre-fishing there for two days when there's giant signs that say no fishing and he didn't see it in the two days in practice or the tournament. But I just, you know, I, I don't think Russ did anything maliciously, and I think anybody that knows Russ, you know, knows that. I just think it's brain farts on multiple days. I'll agree with that. I mean, I launched <clears throat> in that. That's the marina that had us that had us locked out that morning. So we had to launch across the lake, and and 
I was pedaling, he was paddling, but you know, for, for a mile or so up that Creek, um, I can't speak to how, you know, he didn't see, didn't see the signs. There's a a few of them on the perimeter there. Uh, and you know, with these things like this, especially you can't like, you're not in the, in the person's shoes. You, you can't, you don't know what they were doing. Like maybe he was fishing the right hand bank the entire time and, and, you know, wasn't focused on what was kind of up ahead in the open water. I don't know. Uh, you can't, you can't prove or disprove intent on stuff like this. Um, but I really think ultimately the, the only thing that kind of grade graded up or muddied it up was, was the, the trying to explain it. Like if you make a mistake, we all make mistakes. I promise you, all of us sitting right here on this podcast. If you go down the top 50 of AOI, everybody's made a mistake. Some bigger, some smaller, we've all screwed up. Everybody has, you apologize for it or, or accept it period and go on. You don't have to you don't have to try to, you know, explain it or anything. You don't owe anyone an explanation. Just you just own whatever it is that you did. And I think to me that was the part that was was confusing because I launched, you know, I launched him, I fished with him, and I saw that video and I felt like the 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 statement was, you know, that's that's where I launched at. Um, I talked to Russ, we fished, we fished that area, you know, on day one together. And I did, I never went back and I'll probably, I will never go back <laughs> for, the, for the rest of my life. I will never pull up to that locked Marina again. Uh, but you know, I just, I don't, I don't think that it, I don't think that it was malicious at all. Um, I, I think Hobie handled it well. I think you gotta, you gotta move on, you know, people screw up and, and you, you keep fishing and, and don't do it again. Uh, that's angler responsibility. You have to research the places you're fishing, the places you're launching. You have to know local laws. I mean, I think that that really falls back on, especially these top tier anglers. I don't think anybody will try to argue the fact that Russ is is top three best in this entire sport at catching mm-hmm. fish. Like, you, I don't care who you are, you can't argue that. You have more eyes on you than anybody. Like as many people want to see you succeed, there's probably half as many that want to see you fail or more, (laughs) but you have to, you have to be aware of that all the time. People are waiting on you to stumble. So, you know, tighten up, try to, try to control as much as you can be extra vigilant, you know, Uh, and I can't speak for you, Jordan, or you, Christine, but during the TOC last year, I probably called AJ 10 or 12 times trying to double check, triple check, fish, identifiers, you know, do you need a second photo? Do you need a third photo? Like, you know, just try to eliminate as many chances of something, something going wrong as you can. Uh, That's, I mean, that's all I'll say on it. Like, I'm glad that he called and reported himself. Um, I'm pleased with the way that Hobie handled, you know, their decision on it. I think, I think all that's great. So hats off. I wasn't there, obviously. I'm just watching this develop. I don't know Russ that well other than I've met him in a tournament or two. The whole thing seemed weird to me. Uh, I, From looking at all the all the evidence online anyway, it seems bizarre that someone would know that you can't fish in there. But even if he did it on purpose, uh, maybe the rules need to be re- rewritten because there's no, there's no written penalty for that anyway. I mean, I mean that's I mean, that's another question uh, and and you know I, I've talked to I talked to Christine about this 
before we came on the air because I don't like to surprise people with stuff on live. But, you know, what do you say? And I'm taking this into a different avenue. If, if somebody's getting fish from a guide, if a guide or a friend comes up in a bass boat and drops you off two fish and you use them, are those two fish disqualified? Is that day disqualified or are you disqualified? I, I think, you know, some clarification on that, that kind of stuff would be beneficial overall, not saying that that would deter people or, or, you know, that's necessary. Like doing the right thing is the right thing, no matter what the penalty is, but I didn't know, and there wasn't a precedent on this particular thing of, of what would happen in that in that scenario. Yeah, and, that, and let's be clear. He did DQ himself on day one. Mm-hmm. Nobody would have known otherwise, so he did yep. step up and make that call. Uh, so hats off for that. Uh, I think the explanation was very blurry. But uh, any series you fish, if it's your local trail, if you fish KBF, if you fish bass, I fished exclusively this series this year. I know a lot of so you, as an angler in the series, you're going to take ownership in it and you want the best outcome for that particular series. And you don't want to, you know, black eye on any series that you fish and put your time into. So, you know, that's why I was concerned about it. Other people were concerned about it. Of course, the message, messages were flying. So we just want to make sure the, that, that the trail handled it right, that, that Russ handled it right, and that the series, uh, you know, doesn't take a black eye moving forward. So, uh, you know, I knew you guys had a different perspective on it. That's why we want to talk about it here tonight. So. And, and there's something else. Before, I know we're running long. I'm sorry. Y'all did too good. We've talked too much. What do y'all think about the AOI? And I guess, Jordan, I'll let you, let you take this one. What do you think about the AOI points format and, like, how many events it is, but also how the TOC is weighted to go into that? Um, I love I, it. I, I love it. I'm just, <laughs> um, I, I, I do think three – really good for the way it's set up now um there's a lot of guys that don't travel and fish you know there's probably only 20 people that make more than you know four or five events and you know obviously you know good for them that's you know that's what they're doing and trying to make as many events as possible and but i think the way it's set up now to get the most participation out of it to where it can keep growing and flourishing you know, if three events is really good, you know, I wouldn't mind four events. I'm fine with four events. But I think if you get any more than that, um, you kind of run into who can take the t- most time off work, who has, you know, whatever their particular job is. It's going to be the folks that have jobs that benefit that more or folks that are doing YouTube or, or whatever it might be. And, um, guys that... <laughs> I had my own homeless people. Homeless people stand a big advantage. I feel like well, you, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Uh, yeah, it, man, it I had my own part. selfish, selfish <laughs> suggestion for that whole deal, Jordan. My my selfish suggestion was only take the winners and take the rest in AOI because if they had done that, I'd have made it this year. <laughs> I think we should restructure it each year based on who wins and who loses. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> until you get something, in my opinion, until you get something where you basically pay everything up front and you're kind of locked in for the year and you're committing to fit the whole trail, I, I, I like it the way it is now. I mean, that's yeah. my opinion anyway. I, I think, you know, to have one tournament where everybody's on the water together, it, it should count more. Um, that's, that's just me. That's how we do the local stuff, and that's, you know, how – Hobie's doing it, and my opinion, you know, AJ's got it right, and he listens to a lot of us. So, um, you think whether he whether he likes it or not, he, he listens to a lot of us. Yeah. 
everyone everyone here can attest um I, i've told aj some things that i know he didn't like and i knew he wasn't gonna like it when i said it aj will at least listen to us and um whether whether you agree with everything aj does or not um aj will listen to us and that's something that a lot of trails whether it's bass boat or kayak or whatever um aj will hear us out that's why it's regarded as the best because he does listen he takes it into account and he makes what decision he feels is best for the majority of the anglers yeah what's your opinion christine um, I've got to uh, agree with everything Marshall said. Um, you know, AJ does listen to us, and we have to give him the respect and trust that he knows, you know, what's working best for the series. And this is not, we're not at a point where we have 30 to 50 people that can commit and, you know, fish all eight or nine events. And if that were the case, it'd be an entirely different deal. But we're looking to grow participation um regionally and then and collectively and i think that you know three to four events is perfect because there's a lot of guys that only the year one fished one or two and when they did the aoi they went in and fished three but that was a stretch for them so i think that three is a really good number honestly and then waiting the toc yeah um and, and honestly you know i think uh edwin's dad said it perfectly marshall <laughs> still would have he was more consistent throughout the year than anybody and it came out and he did win AOI and he earned it. Somebody did um, who did that, Ryan? Who did that calculation on the page? It was Ewing's dad. Ewing's was dad. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I read that and and that did, I know there were a lot of very emotional people that were commenting and upset with how the AOI was structured. And I, I didn't think that that was um that was really a good look. Uh I get the conversation and I think down the road, absolutely um we need to we'll get to a point where we can structure that differently and have it more like the professional bass trails to where there's no drop and you know the the championship isn't included in in the aoi but for right now where we're at it's exactly how it should be and our proper aoi was crowned and deserves it so that's my opinion on it and i like the you know the point aj made about how some guys and i talked to Siddiqui earlier and he made this point him and Edwin were kind of jawing back and forth last night, I guess, and Siddiqui pointed out the fact that Edwin hadn't beaten him this year. Uh, you can you can fish your whatever required number of events, and you cannot you cannot even fish against the other person that you know you may be one and two for AOI. Exactly. The yep. TOC you have to beat them. That's that's equal conditions. That's equal lakes. You know we we poke fun at the the online stuff all the time about honey holes. You put two people on the same water in the same condition, and we just we just witnessed what happens. Like yep. that's a level playing field. That lake is fishing just as terribly for you as it is somebody else. Like that's when you prove like who's got it and who doesn't. I love the three day. I love the three day format of TOC. I love that we fish this in the fall when the bite is tough. That is what I mean in my mind. That's the best part about the TOC because. Like I said, everybody is experiencing the same crap. Like it's, you know, we're all in it together. Whoever can figure it out best is is who takes it. Yeah, Absolutely. I agree with that. Good comments. A lot of people in the comments agreeing. Well, Ryan, what do you say we let these guys get some rest, man? What a, I would what a great like to, yeah. Man. I think I'm going to do that too. Yeah. Guys, thank you for the time and congratulations. What an unbelievable accomplishment. So happy for both y'all. Uh, hats off to a great year and, and just a, a great event overall. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. Congrats. Both of you. Yeah. And I think Ryan, we're going to be back next Monday with uh, somebody from Bass talking Bass schedule. 
allegedly, right? So we almost we almost had a bass schedule for tonight, but apparently there's one more phantom signature that needs to be put on a piece of paper uh, before it can drop. So I talked to Dwayne. Uh, we're gonna have we're gonna have the bass schedule. Now it may drop before then, but we're gonna have them on to kind of review it, talk locations, and we may snag another guest to come on as well and uh, help. Just get, you okay, Christine? You're trying to grow yeah. a unicorn horn? What are you oh, doing there? I'm just listening. <laughs> You're just excited? You're about to send in your uh, entry fees? Yeah. Yeah. All of them. All ten. All right. Let's wrap this thing up. Y'all. Hate to, and I'll, I'll announce the, the short winner on the page later after I figure it out. I'm not going to keep it ready longer. But, uh, yeah, great night. We'll see you all next week. Bye, guys. Y'all take care. Congrats. Bye.